podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Streakers Podcast. We are the ones that got away. I am Mason Migliera. That is Patrick Previty. Today is Thursday, September 21st, and you know what that means. Today is our baseball playoff preview, uh, and then we're going to talk some NFL, and we got two cool little segments going on for you today. Uh, make it a little bit more fun. But as always, got to see how our boy Patrick is doing. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. The slate of college football games was not enticing last weekend, but then we got a ton of great games, especially the uh, Colorado-Colorado State game. I thought it was going to be underwhelmed, but that game was uh, a sight to behold. A lot of penalties, a lot of dirty hits, a lot of cheap shots, but it was still fun to watch um, for the fans. Went to a double overtime. But overall, just loving football, and yeah, you're right. The MLB playoffs are right around the corner. Mason, you're going to start us off today with the top three things to watch before the playoffs begin? Of course. Uh, You're only going to make me pick three things. Uh, We do got some games going on right now. Uh, Nothing too crazy in the playoff race. Uh, The Angels and the Rays are playing at the moment. Uh, The Rays are still fighting for that first place spot in the AL East, but they have already secured themselves a wild card uh, or a spot in the playoffs. They're probably going to end up being that first wild card team. And then the Brewers and the Cardinals are playing right now. The Brewers are handling the Cardinals six, nothing right now. Speaking of the Brewers, the Brewers are probably going to end up winning the NL central at the moment. They are seven games up on the Chicago Cubs last week. It was only like three games, but they've had a pretty good week. Um, And the Cubs have kind of, struggled of late they're three of they're three and seven over the last 10 uh tonight the cubs they do play the pittsburgh pirates uh to close out their season series and yeah the 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 brewers are going into miami this weekend and they're putting out their three horses corbin corbin burns freddie peralta brandon woodruff they are going for it all right now they're going to try and clinch the division this weekend um and that's really tough for the marlins because for them, they're on the outside looking in. Today they are on – they do have an off day. They have just played 16 straight, so they're very banged up. Sandy uh, has been hurt this entire time. Uh, Jake Berger got hurt last night. Uh, looks like he got a little bit of tightness with his quad. And uh, Yuri Perez had a very short outing last night, and that just was not good for, for us. Losing two out of three against the Mets – of course, the Mets are just going to ruin our season, but they are just a half game out of the third wild card spot. The Arizona Diamondbacks, man, they have been on a roll recently. They're currently uh, winners of five straight. They're in control of that second wild card position by one and a half games. This weekend, they do have coming up, they play the New York Yankees, and then they play the White Sox, and then they play the Astros. Very interesting schedule there. The Yankees are not as good this year, but you never know what can happen. It's the Yankees. You never know. The White Sox, they're playing spoiler. And then the Houston Astros, they are in a huge spot right now. They can either win the division, they can win a wild card, or they cannot be in the playoffs at all. So that's they're going to be going all out for that. So you, you don't know what's going to happen there. And then for the Cubs, they got the one game t- tonight against the Pirates. Then they play the Rockies, and then their last week of the schedule of the season is crazy difficult, depending how how much these teams actually play their starters. They play the Braves during the week, 
and they close out the season against the Brewers over the weekend. The Braves have already clinched. They're going to the playoffs. They're getting a bye. So who knows if they're going to play all their all their starters. They might give them rest. Who knows? And the Brewers, they're going all out this weekend, and they're pitching Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. They're probably going to throw their lesser pitchers against the Cubs because they want Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta to be healthy for the wild card game because they are going to be in that wild card in the wild card game hosting the third wild card team, which could end up being the Cubs. So who knows what's going to happen there? They could just play back to back six games in a row, which would there's no advantage either way. Then the Marlins, they as I've already said, they play the Brewers this weekend. That's going to be really, really tough. And then they play the Mets again, who they just faced, but this time they're going into New York. And then they play the Pirates, who if they want to make the playoffs, they got to sweep the Pirates. I'm very nervous, of course, but we will see what happens. And the Reds, they are one game back. They play the Pirates this weekend, who they have not played well at all this season. They got swept in Pittsburgh early, early on in the season. Then they play a two-gamer against the Cleveland Guardians, who they're still a good team, but they're not going to they're not going to the playoffs, the, the Guardians. And then they play the, the Cardinals at the end of the season. Don't know what's going to happen there. The Cardinals are all obviously still a good team. They just weren't able to put it together this year. And then the uh, the Giants, they're still kind of in there, but they're 76 and 76 to 500. They're three games out. They play the Dodgers, and then they play the, the Padres, and then the Dodgers again. I'm not really looking at the, the Giants to do anything. I would – I don't think the Giants and the Diamondbacks played tonight. I'm not 100%. But – I'm not looking at the Giants anymore. It is between the Cubs, the Marlins, and the Reds. I think the Diamondbacks are going to get that second spot. The Phillies are going to get the first spot. It's between those three teams. And according to fan graphs, the Cubs have a 45.8% chance. The Marlins have a 45.7% chance. And the Reds have a 21.2% chance. Take that with what you will, but it's going to be very exciting in the, in the NL wildcard for sure. And as for the American League, I already mentioned it. The The Houston Astros, they are currently in that first spot in the AL West by just a half a game over both Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers. But what's crazy is the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers have seven games against each other in the last 10 days of the season. That is absurd. And I mean, I'm very happy that the that the schedule gods made it that way. And there's only going to – one team out of the Houston Astros, Toronto Blue Jays, Seattle Mariners, and the Texas Rangers are not going to make the playoffs. One of those four teams is not going to make it. The other three will. And if you're looking at the Astros and Toronto, you're really happy that the two of them are playing each other because it's going to just knock one of them out. That's what I think is going to happen. Do I have a prediction? I think the Astros will end up winning the division because they play Kansas City this weekend, and then they play Seattle. So Kansas City, if they sweep, they win the division. And then Toronto, what do they have? They have Tampa. They have Tampa this weekend, and then New York, and then Tampa again. Oh, man. I think it'll be Toronto that will get that second spot. And then between Seattle and Texas – 
Texas might end up winning because they play the Angels uh, in the, during the week. So we'll see. It's extremely tight. Next week when I talk about this, it's just going to be all hands on deck for every team that is within a game because those three final three games of the season are going to be extremely huge. I'm excited for the playoffs. I know there's a ton of other people out there that are, but what else we are really excited for is the NFL is in full swing right now. And there is some news that have happened. Uh, Patrick, you want to take us into that a little bit? Yeah. A couple things have happened over the last few days, the cam acres trade. It was rumored that he could be traded to a lot of teams that needed a ring back in the NFL. He's been traded from the Rams to the Vikings. Vikings looking for something in the backfield after Dalvin Cook obviously was cut and Alexander Madison hasn't been able to fill those shoes. They traded a a seventh round pick in Cam Akers. Uh, the Rams did to the Vikings for a sixth round pick. Both picks are conditional. What do you think that this is going to do for the Vikings? So when I saw this news, I immediately, immediately went to my fantasy team and I was like, I need a running back. I'm not really happy with my team right now. I'm 0-2. I'm stressed. I'm not happy. And I went to go see who has Cam Akers. And it's not someone that I have a good relationship with. So I was like, well, I got to go do something else. I ended up making some trades, made a lot of people mad, but that's besides the point. For this trade, I think it's going to be really good for the Vikings. They haven't been able to use Madison the way that they were expecting to. Maybe the way that Madison plays best is by being that second guy because he was behind Dalvin Cook for so long and he played really well in that position. And then I felt like whenever he started, if Dalvin Cook was hurt, there was a game a game or two that he would have like 20 points fantasy-wise. He'd have to like two touchdowns and 100 yards rushing, whatever it was. But now that he is the main lead back there, it just has not worked. I know it's two games into the season. Maybe we're overreacting a little bit. But I think this is really good. It's great for Cam Akers as well, because for whatever reason, he was just not being utilized well in, in L.A. So yeah, I think I mean, this is I think a lot of it comes from the Achilles injury a couple of years ago. Just I remember he got hurt in the offseason, then miraculously came back and played in the Super Bowl and had like 13 carries. Um, for Cam Akers, you're right. They just haven't been able to use him. I mean, he was inactive last week. Um, now he's probably going to suit up for the Vikings this week. I mean, if they can use him, they'll certainly uh, they'll certainly trot him out there because they haven't had anything running the ball. And as far as the run game in general is concerned, it hasn't been very good because they've also been fumbling the ball. The Vikings just don't look too sharp on offense. So I think this is a good pickup. I mean, I would have made the move. I would have done it. There were plenty of teams also sniffing around for him. I don't know why the Rams haven't been able to utilize him. In week one, he had an atrocious atrocious yards per carry, just 1.3 yards per carry and 22 rushes for 29 yards. But overall, I think that this is a good deal for the the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, without a doubt. I I definitely definitely feel the same way. Um, A change of scenery might be a good thing for cam makers. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see if you can return to his former glorious state from uh Florida state, but uh, another, in other news, of course, the Chicago bears quarterback, Justin Fields, maybe not for too long anymore. After his comments, he mentioned that he was feeling robotic on the field, maybe in part due to coaching, obviously struggling the first two games of the year, the bears are 0 two. He had a terrible performance against the bucks. Um, 
not a lot to be happy about. He walked back his comments yesterday. Where do you think they need to go from here? What do you think is the best option for for Justin Fields moving forward? Like, should he just say F it and run the ball all over the place or what? Oh, man. I I think he should just run the ball because – or just throw the ball to DJ Moore. You guys are two-team – two-person wrecking crew. You can be. I mean, looking at his stats this year, he's got a total of 427 yards passing, uh, and most of that is to DJ Moore, 129 yards, or like a quarter of it. And then and then when you're in the red zone, you just throw to Cole Komet or you just run for it because your run game, like Herbert, Khalil Herbert, he, he is not a good running back. Justin Fields is your running back. Cole Komet even has a rush. What the heck? But, yeah, I, I think he he's in a really tough situation, and his comments did not do anything um, well for him, and him trying to backtrack on that was not really good. He said what he said, and he can't really go back on that. No one really twisted his words. They asked him, what do you think the problem is? And he said, maybe it's the coaching. No words are twisted there. I'm sorry. But – I don't know. He's having, again, just a tough situation. Okay, yeah, I agree. He's definitely in a tough situation. Um, This is kind of getting to a weird point, I think, right now. the First of all, the Bears have enough going on right now. After the defensive uh, coordinator looks like he, you know, is in some hot water, Mm -hmm. uh, his apartment or his house, excuse me, was raided by the FBI. But – when it comes to Justin Fields and his coaching, I think, look, man, you're in year three. I don't want to crush him for a quote because I don't think it's um, indicative completely of what's going on and what the problem here is. But if he's blaming his coaches that he's feeling robotic and they're throwing too much information at him and they want him to do this or that, stay in the pocket, make those proper reads, I- I'm going to have to say that he needs to start doing that on a consistent basis, um, not rather than running, but also um, – in hand in hand with his running ability, like the progressing through his reads shouldn't take away from his running ability. I feel, I feel like that's part of the maturity as a, as a quarterback is no, you don't have to give up running and, you know, stay in the pocket the whole time, but you can't let the mental game affect that level of instinct that you have. That mental game needs to become part of your instinct. Yeah. Watching his, him go through his progressions, and not noticing when people are going to be open it open and finding those windows. That's not really on coaching necessarily. That's on you, dude. Like you're it's your eyes. Use your eyes and see what you can see. It's right there in front of you. There were multiple times in the last game where I don't know who the receiver was. It was either probably DJ Moore or or Mooney. They're going up the seam and like they're ready to cut and there's nobody in that in that area because the defense was probably playing zone or or man whatever it was and if you can't see that then that's on you that can't be on the coaching the coach coaching can only do so much and I know there was the play call they they called the same one three times in a row it was like a screen pass but I mean now that you think about it it's like well if he doesn't see those those openings then all we can do is just call a screen pass every time because that's the only thing he can do. Or he runs the ball. Yeah. I mean, if you're Justin Fields, 
you you're going to want to run the ball. So even if the, if you think that the play um the play calls are limited um it, it is just about just doing what you think is best for the team. I I would say this though when it comes to play calling and I understand it, we ripped or I did at least ripped the uh, Indianapolis Colts uh play calling for putting Anthony Richardson out there, but it's one thing when a when a uh player got hit in the head the week before and then gets a concussion in week two. And then it's another whenever you're Justin Fields and you're completely healthy and you should just be fine with running the ball. I mean, I hate to just sit up here and say like, oh, you got to run this quarterback. You know, he's in year three. He hasn't um, had any serious, serious injuries from running the ball just yet in his career. So it's like, why not? I understand that there's um, a big kind of (laughs) a laundry list of history or examples of uh, running quarterbacks getting hurt because they're taking way too many heads over time. But I just think that that's a part of his game. And so I can't crush him too much, but also at the same time, I can't get too mad about um, the play calling because I understand like the double-edged sword that comes with it. You know, they don't call the runs or the seven design runs per game that you might think that they should. Then Justin Fields is going to be out there with deer in the headlights look and not be as great as he can be because he can be really good. And then otherwise, if you do, he's one hit away from, getting getting a concussion or tearing a knee like truthfully but that's just the but that's just football too at the end of the day but moving on after the little bit of uh week uh weekday news from the nfl we're gonna play a little game uh called would you rather so which players or which teams would you rather be right now through the first two weeks of the year mason first question gonna start with you would you rather be mac jones or speak of the devil justin fields so this one, it's a load. It's probably a loaded answer. Um, not a loaded question, but it's a loaded answer. Team situation wise, I would rather be Mac Jones, but talent wise, I would much rather be Justin Fields. So if you switch Justin Fields and Mac Jones on their teams, Justin Fields by a mile, because he's in a better situation and he's got way more talent. But Based on the situation that he is in right now, Justin Fields, I think I'm going to go with Mac Jones. Although both teams are both teams are 0 and 2, and they're both the starting quarterbacks for those teams, so there there's something that they those two are not doing right. But I think Mac Jones is in a better situation right now than 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 Justin Fields is. So at the moment, I would take being Mac Jones over Justin Fields. So. I do disagree. I think that Justin Fields and the Bears are probably in a bit of a better position. I like what the Patriots have been doing the last couple of weeks where they've had a chance at the end of the game to win the game. But, man, the weapons around Mac Jones right now are really, really bad. There's no oomph to the offense. There's no big playability. I'm really worried that um, Mac Jones is not going to have enough to prove that he should be the quarterback for next year. As far as Justin Fields is concerned, I really do think it's just a simple mental game. He led the league or uh, led the, I believe he broke the record for uh, rushing yards by a quarterback last year. But if he can really just improve uh, through the air, I think he will definitely be the quarterback next year, no matter where the Bears finish. But also, I think that he has support, whether that's whether that is DJ Moore or Cole Komet, or if that's through the run game that includes him. I do think that he's in a better uh, a better spot. Now, as far as who I would rather be. I mean, I think Mac Jones honestly has – he's under less scrutiny. 
I think people recognize that he doesn't have the weapons that he needs. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why Mac Jones is maybe less in the uh, in the front papers uh, as Justin Fields. But moving on, would you rather – these are between two 0-2 teams, teams that need a win, a must-win. Only one team in NFL history started 0-3 and made the playoffs. That was the Texans in 2018. So would you rather be the Chargers or the Vikings? They face off this Sunday. Oh, man. Can I say neither? No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, man. Again, it's the situation in, in L.A. that is so poor, I think. But the talent within that team is unbelievable. I think it trumps the, the Vikings by far, the, the talent level. I think I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think I would rather be the Chargers right now than the Vikings. But, again, I'm going just strictly based off of the talent that this team has with Justin Herbert and uh, Keenan Allen, all, all, everybody on that team. And then their defense, so many big names. But that division is so tough, and the AFC is so tough. So if you go with the Vikings, then it's – it makes sense because you have a you have a better chance at probably making the playoffs, even though you're zero and two right now, than the Chargers do at zero and two. But I think I'm going to go with the Chargers. I, I have a little bit more faith in them than I do in Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Yeah, so I'm going to have to take the other side here. Look, if I'm the Chargers or Chargers fans right now, I'm thinking that this could be a season from hell. That's brewing right now, because like we said, we looked at their schedule. We looked at the upcoming games. If they are anywhere near the one and four range, we could or I could at least definitely see a coaching move firing Brandon Staley. I definitely could see that going on right now. And I think that that almost means that their season is a wrap. And I think having that called this early um, in the season is really unfortunate for such a talented team. And they're in that tough division. I do think that the NFC North is tough, but with the Bears also 0-2, the pressure is off. The Packers just lost. The Lions just lost. You're not out of the division just yet. Nobody really is. But if you're the Chargers, 0-2, you know, the Chiefs, it felt like you had your moment to really, like, start to get out ahead or at least be a game ahead right now. They have Chris Jones back. They have Travis Kelsey back. They are looking healthy. That defense looks really, really good for the Chiefs. I don't think the Chargers are catching them. So then what? You're really competing for a wild card spot. It's tough. You already lost to the Dolphins. You also lost to the Titans. Those are two teams that are probably competing for wild card spots. Dolphins definitely competing for their own division. Um, I think the Chargers, the outlook for the season is, is a lot worse. I think they needed to be much better to uh, achieve the goals that they wanted to in this season. And I think the Vikings didn't need to be world beaters um, or don't need to be world beaters to uh, make the playoffs. And they're just kind of starting behind the eight ball. I, and I've, I've said, look, I don't like the Vikings. I don't have them in my playoffs um, right now, but I just think that they're in a better spot. It's fair. It's fair. I, your argument is valid. And I like that we're I like that we're disagreeing though. That's good. I think that's that's fun. But, and and um, you know, I when I said like this could be the season uh from hell for the Chargers, it could definitely very well be that for the Vikings because yes, they just made a move to get Cam Akers. It was kind of their I think I view that as kind of their last ditch effort 
to say, hey, we're we do still want to make the playoffs. Don't write us off. Like we are here to make a move, here to get players in the building that can make a difference. But there could, and I could see this, a move um that another team might make to try to get Kirk Cousins. I could definitely see that if they really, really fall behind the eight ball and they end up like they start like 0 and 4 or something like that. I could see them just also uh having a move uh, from the front office that could really derail their season. But next, would you rather be, uh, would you rather put your mortgage and be absolutely the most confident human being in the 49ers to win the Super Bowl or the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Oh, you're saying for the Super Bowl. I thought you were just talking about this week. Oh gosh. That is so scary. Imagine having to choose just between those two. Um, I would go with the 49ers. I think they have an easier road than the Chiefs do. The AFC is loaded. Obviously, the NFC has the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I guess the the Rams played them pretty well, honestly, this weekend, this past weekend. So, but I would probably go with the 49ers. I just, I don't, I don't want to bet on the Chiefs going back to back. I said it earlier this year. I don't think they're they're the Super Bowl team that they were last year. So I think if I if I had to pick between these two, I'm going with the 49ers. I really like what they got going on right now. They look great. Yeah. I mean, we when we were doing our preview series, we counted the 49ers usually as a very tough game. And we didn't know what Brock Purdy was going to be. So now we know that Brock Purdy is definitely, in my opinion, the quarterback of that team. He is going to, at the end of the day, even if you think he's a game manager, he's going to game manage them to a lot of wins on that schedule. So with that being said, what teams can beat the 49ers? I'm looking at Eagles. They probably maybe would have done it still in the NFC Championship game. Well, I don't know. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. They played the Chiefs so well two weeks later after that. And then for the rest of the NFC, I don't think any team is on that level. I, you're right. The Rams played them pretty close in week one. Um, that's – or excuse me, in week two. That's a good um, indicator of a division game rather than maybe just an overall season thing. Mm-hmm. And then, But as far as the Chiefs go, I, I do think that they could beat the 49ers. But in the Super Bowl, um, I, I do think – get there. This, huh? They yeah. have to get there. Exactly. They have to get there. And I think that they're going to run through a lot of very talented teams like the Ravens, who they've had their number, but like the Ravens, the Bills, the Dolphins, who can match them um, on offense. A lot of great teams, uh, maybe even the Jags, who they just played last week and beat, and they beat in the playoffs. A lot of great teams in the AFC. I don't really see that kind of gauntlet for the 49ers in the NFC, so I'd much rather, I'd be much safer, I think by betting on the 49ers, because I think it's also more likely that they get to the Super Bowl. Um, But as far as rookie quarterbacks are concerned, we've seen a lot. Bryce Young missed the last two days uh, in practice with an ankle injury. C.J. Stroud, um, 0-2 with the Texans. And Anthony Richardson, still in concussion protocol, but he looks really good. Who would you rather have? I, man, if... Richardson didn't have the concussion injury, he would be clear cut. But if you look at the numbers, let me pull these up on CJ Stroud. They've actually been not terrible. I'm not, Bryce Young is not a a question for me. Um, He's not the person I would want here. 
Um, hold on, let me. Yeah, while you do that, expanding on Bryce Young, it's definitely a concern. I think. I think there's a concern with the ceiling. What does he do exceptionally well at Alabama? He had it. You know, he had all the physical traits, except for height, of course. That you're gonna say like he'll be good in the NFL. Got a good arm, not great, good arm, good accuracy. Pretty good accuracy, definitely at times at Alabama, but as far as the NFL level, good accuracy. But they really picked him because he was the man leading the Crimson Tide to a lot of wins in college, and you just felt like he had it. When he won the Heisman and he had the Heisman moment against Auburn, you just always felt he was in control of the game and he was going to make a a game-winning drive late in the contest, and that's what he was able to do a lot in college. Can he do that in the NFL? Man, through the first two weeks, it feels like – he's definitely playing with one hand tied behind his back because of his physical traits. Doesn't the ball doesn't just zip out of his hand. Like it does Kyler Murray. He can't move like Kyler Murray can. And really that's his only comp, unless you're going to say drew Brees, And then that's the case. I'm a little worried because he's starting week one. So it's going to take a while to get to that drew Brees level. Yeah. Looking at these numbers, CJ Stroud in his first two games, He's got a completion percentage of 63.7, 626 yards passing, average of about almost seven per per attempt, and two touchdowns. Now, Anthony Richardson, we know that his legs have been uh, amazing. He's got 13 carries, 75 yards, three touchdowns. And then passing, he's got a 63.8%, so literally 0.1% better than, than Stroud. Uh, two only 279 yards and one touchdown with one interception to CJ Stroud zero. And then Bryce Young, 59.2 completion percentage, 299 yards, two touchdowns, two ints. I'm looking at the numbers and the numbers tell me CJ Stroud because the passing is really really good right now, and Anthony Richardson he's been running the ball really really well, but he's probably going to dial that back a little bit because of his concussions. So right now, I think I'm going to go with CJ Stroud. He might be the one that I'm going to take out of these three. That's interesting. And I can't argue too much with the stats, stat sheets. Numbers don't lie, but they mislead a little bit. And I will say this about Anthony Richardson, because that's who I'm going to pick. Um, He reminds me a lot of Cam Newton. I really think that's a that's a serious comp. I don't think that's just a physical traits comp or a running quarterback that's big who gets a lot of design runs comparison. I really do think that that's real. And it reminds me of his start. Um, if he can come back from this concussion, maybe not this week, but the week after, and pick up where he left off, which I think he will because you know he hasn't suffered too many injuries just yet. I mean, one more, I would be pretty concerned. But he seems to still... Uh, things point to that he'll be healthy by week five or, you know, pr- pretty much fully healthy or week four. So with that being said, I think he'll be able to really match what Cam Newton did to start his career. Cam Newton was a beast immediately right out of, right out of the gates. I think Anthony Richardson can do that. They didn't, he didn't let the Jags pull away when they easily could have last week. And yes, Gardner Minshew came in and, f- and filled in for the win against the Texans, but Anthony Richardson had already had two rushing touchdowns by that point. This guy's dynamic. The game doesn't look too fast for him either. You know, yes, he's running the ball a lot, but it just looks like his physical traits are maybe bailing him out a little bit at times, but also at the same time, he's not a deer in the headlights. He doesn't seem to be battling with um, 
the balance of his instincts and his robotic play, like Justin Fields, who we just talked about earlier, he seems to be more on top of things. And I think he's going to really pick up the game. And I think that's a running quarterback that will be able to get through his progressions, maybe by the end of this season, or certainly at the start of next year. But right now, through the first two weeks, he's definitely, in my opinion, looked like the best QB, but definitely respect to CJ Stroud because he's been playing well. He'll go under the radar the entire year for the Texans because they will get no press, no buzz as the year goes on. And then also, as a disclaimer, before we get to the next, would you rather? Bryce Young is still a good quarterback, still would take him. Um, you know, if I was starting a starting a football team, certainly no slouch, not out on him just yet. But, you know, you'd like to see some more from that. Um, the next would you rather that we have is Josh Dobbs or Kyler Murray. I know what everybody might be thinking. How could you possibly choose Josh Dobbs over Kyler Murray? We ranked him at last, dead last, actually behind dead last in our quarterback rankings, number 33. But man, he has just been a different kind of player these first two weeks that I didn't see um, when he wasn't on the Cardinals. Starting elsewhere, being a journeyman, a backup. He looks good. He's they're playing inspired football. The Arizona Cardinals don't look like the worst team in the NFL anymore. I mean, how can you really crown, give somebody that uh, well, a dubious honor of being the worst team in the NFL before the game start? Yes, they're still 0-2. But I think Josh Dobbs is a good player. Now, as far as would I take him over Kyler Murray? No, of course not. No. Like, I'm not saying that Josh Dobbs is better than Kyler Murray, but if you're the Cardinals. I don't think anybody's going to say that even with the praise that I just gave Josh Dobbs, that he's going to be the franchise guy. You are still 0-2. Where do you think, as far as the Cardinals are concerned, they want to go from here? You have a first-year head coach. Is Kyler Murray really going to rush his way back in Week 11? Are you going to be competing for anything with Josh Dobbs? Maybe not, maybe. But he's certainly out there, and you can, I think, convince your team that they're respectable um, with him out there and that you're not tanking technically. So I'm interested to see what you think. Obviously, I think we'd both still rather have Kyler Murray, but just as, as far as the Cardinals are concerned, they're in a weird limbo here. I think Josh Dobbs is a very good quarterback. They're still 0-2. They might tank for Caleb Williams. Who knows? Might be the worst team in the league. I don't think so anymore. Take it away. No. What do you think the Cardinals quarterback situation is right now? So obviously the question is, would you rather have Josh Dobbs or Kyler Murray? The answer is Kyler Murray, no doubt about that. But – if I'm the Cardinals, I don't want Kyler Murray playing this year. Because what are they? What is his? Is he going to be a free agent, or are they they're going to trade him? Would they? I think you would. Him? You would trade him. You just sign him to a massive Perfect. contract. Perfect. Trade Kyler Murray away. Get a bunch of pieces back because there will be a team. There's every single year. There's a new team that needs a new quarterback, and Kyler Murray will be that. He could probably be the number one guy available on on the trade market right now when when the offseason comes up. If so, I'm the Jets, I would take him. If if take Aaron Rodgers, yeah, yeah. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, that that is 100 percent right, and they will be in that position. But yeah, right now, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm going with Josh Dobbs, and he's been very good for them. They've been in both of the games that they've played. They haven't been just like slapped around and pushed to the side like they've been competitive so no exactly this this last week against the giants they more than they were more than capable of winning that game they more than probably should have won that game Mm -hmm. it was just Mm -hmm. the giants just absolutely fighting for their season they would have been 
uh, one of the teams up near the Chargers and Vikings where you're thinking, man, this season's going to be a wrap after the yeah. first three weeks if they had lost last week. Yeah. So I think they're totally comfortable with Josh Dobbs. Keep Kyler Murray off of this for lack of a better term, dumpster fire of a team this year. It's not very, It's not going to be a, com- a playoff team. They're not competing for anything. They're, they've been a competitive team in general because, I mean, when the player's on the field, like they're going to play their hearts out. But the team is not very talented. There's no one really around that would make Kyler Murray look good. So keep Kyler Murray off the field. His numbers speak for themselves. So... You trade him in the offseason, and you get a bunch of pieces back for him, and you get Caleb Williams, and you're in a good spot. You're rebuilding. That's how you rebuild. You take a lesser quarterback, someone who's a backup, and, hell, if he plays good, that's fantastic. That's good for Dobbs because now he goes into the offseason. He can either stay with them and help build up the rookie QB, or he can go find himself a better job at an, with another team. It's a win-win on both sides. So if I'm Josh Dobbs, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to keep playing well. And I'm going to show these other teams, hey, I can be your starting quarterback or I can be a very good backup for you. So, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, a lot to watch for the Cardinals. I think this is an interesting development. I think everybody thought that they were going to be 1-10 and or whatever when Kyler Murray came back. Well, they're 0-2 right now, but maybe they'll get some wins along the way. Now it's time for overreaction, underreaction. We're two weeks into the season, and we've already declared Josh Dobbs better than Kyler Murray, and we're already declaring either the Chargers or the Vikings dead. And Justin Fields is robotic. But some of these are overreactions, and some of these don't matter. Maybe they're underreactions. Maybe it's not an overreaction. Here's the first one. The Jets need to make a move at quarterback. Mason, overreaction or underreaction? I don't, I don't know. I think it's a, I'm going to go with overreaction. What you went all in on Aaron Rodgers. You got all of his guys around him and then he got hurt. You're kind of just SOL there. And you've had Zach Wilson. He's been there the whole time. Obviously you, he had a rough couple of seasons so far, but you went all in on Aaron Rodgers and it didn't work out. So I think it's an overreaction to make a move. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Not, if I'm a Jets fan, it's like, yes, we need a new, a new quarterback right now. But in the grand scheme of things, I think it's an overreaction. Any other quarterback that's available right now, I don't think makes them a playoff team. I don't even know what quarterback is really even available right now. Okay. That's a great point. I don't know who's available either. Mentioned Kirk Cousins earlier this year or earlier this uh, this episode. I don't know when this year he will be available or if he will be available, you know, obviously depending on how the Viking season goes. But let me pose you this question. And this is why I don't think that it's an underreaction. Um, but I see what you're saying. Yes, you went all in on Aaron Rodgers, but he's now gone. Like for the rest of the year, 100% he will not come back. How can you really convince this locker room that's starting to get really disgruntled? Like you have no idea what you're doing in the run game right now. Dalvin Cook had four carries and a fumble last week. And Brees Hall is 
you know, still figuring stuff out for some reason. His usage just went way down from week one. Garrett Wilson needs the ball. The defense was supposed to be a lot better than it's shown. But right now, you know, they're frustrated too because they feel like they got to maybe do everything in this world to stay in these games with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Also, you don't want Zach Wilson to absolutely lose any sort of confidence he's built up in the offseason with being behind Aaron Rodgers. But can you really throw away this year and say that we have Aaron Rodgers coming back next year and really look at everybody in the face and say, this is what's best for Zach Wilson. We're just going to have to go out there. Yes, Brees Hall. Yes, Dalvin Cook, you just came in. Yes, Garrett Wilson still makes some plays. Yes, defense. Don't press, but we're going to stay with Zach Wilson. For me, I don't know if I can really say that. And I've been saying that I don't think Zach Wilson's that bad. No, I, the Jets. Oh man, when you when you put it that way, it's like this is what's best for Zach. Wilson. the Jets don't care about Zach Wilson. I mean, if that if that's what they're saying to this team, then it's like a slap in the face to every single other player on that roster, because everybody knows that Zach Wilson is not the best quarterback in the league. Not, not, not anywhere really near the top. So that's a slap in the face of that entire team and to the people that got brought in to be on this potential Super Bowl caliber team. So yeah, he's not really even anywhere near the middle right now either. So I, I understand why some players are frustrated. I will say though, this is something that I criticized Robert Sala for last year. And that was, you need to make sure that this locker room can stay under control. You had big Super Bowl expectations. You had hard knocks come in. You had all of this stuff, all these, yes, distractions, but also things that I think help this team really like rally around each other. But at the center of that was Aaron Rodgers and he's gone now. They need you to say, don't tweet anything stupid after the game. Don't tweet like that you're not happy about the amount of carries that you've got. We're figuring stuff out, you know? We just played the Cowboys. That's a that's a really good team, man. Their defense looks like the 85 Bears. So I think at the very least, if they don't make a move at quarterback, they need to, they being the coaching staff, needs to, they need to control this locker room and make sure that this season doesn't go off the rails. Because right now, a lot of um, pundits and experts and even teams are probably circling that matchup and saying, yeah, that's a win. They're chalking it up to a win on the calendar. So you need to get out of that mode because that's where you were last year and that's where you're going to end up this year. I do think a quarterback change would help, but at the end of the day, they just need to control the locker room. All right. For the next overreaction, underreaction, the Bucks can win the NFC South, baby. Oh, my God. They're 2-0, and oh, Mason. Can you believe this? Two pretty good wins, too, against teams I think a lot of, a lot of people like. Taking down the NFC North. Oh, man. Baker's played really, really well. I will say that. Um, but that Mason, that that that's music to my ears. I'm amazed <laughs> that you even admitted it. I, I love. No, I mean I love he has. To hear it. He's played super well, and I'm I'm happy for him. He deserves that. I mean, he was the number one pick for a reason. I, I've always liked Baker Mayfield. He's played really well. He's he plays his brand of football, and he brought that to to Tampa Bay, and he's shown it. He fights for those first downs. He wants to win. He's not there to just be a, oh, my God, what's the word? Whatever. He's not there to be just a filler 
for the next guys. He's there to be there for a minute. I know what you're looking at. We're, we'll talk about that in a second. I know what that face was. So, but overall for this division, I, it's going to be between them and Atlanta, in my opinion. I th- I don't th- I have not been impressed by New Orleans at all. I know they're also two and zero. Is this the best? No, this is no, this is not the best division uh, record wise in the NFL. That would be the NFC East, which we have huge breaking news coming out of there. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get Carolina. to that in a second after this segment. Yeah. But this is that's pretty crazy. Maybe the 85 Bears defense from the Cowboys is no more. Um, but yeah, so as far as the Bucks are concerned, look, I definitely think this is still an overreaction. God, I don't know how many times I'm going to get burned on picking or not picking the Bucks or saying that they're going to lose. This is going to get really bad and really sad, especially even if they go 3-0, because my pride will be hurt because I would have gotten it wrong. They play the Eagles this week on Monday. Okay, so 2-1. Um, <laughs> they do host it though. It will be in Tampa. Yeah, bring Jalen Hurts in town. You know, show him how we play. How we play football down here in uh, Tampa Bay, the <laughs> city of champions. Essentially, no, but I, I think that this is a team that likes being led by Baker Mayfield a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're right, man. He fights for those first downs. He will not slide under any circumstance. He will lower his shoulder. It doesn't even matter, and he will use that sideline. Um, to the best of his ability, knowing that he's also uh, being protected by that yellow flag in the ref's pocket. Um, I think that this Bucks team is good. I think they're going to be better than what a lot of people were expecting. But I'm actually still surprised by a 2-0 start. Uh, as far as this division is concerned, I've been singing that Derek Carr praise this year. Look, we talked about it Monday. It's just all about who they play right now. Um Derek Carr has not looked good. That offense has not looked good. They've definitely sputtered the first two games. But it's about the quarterback matchups. In the NFL, quarterbacks matter the most. And they don't play very many good quarterbacks in this league. So I'm still rocking with the Saints. I'm very interested to see how a Falcons-Bucks matchup will go. um, Because they have both gotten off to a good start. And I don't know if I'm buying the Falcons just yet. But they just got a big win against the Packers. Um, last week so for the next overreaction underreaction the cowboys are the best team in the nfl through the first two weeks well that may change uh just got breaking news that trevon Diggs just tore his acl in is practice. it official that it was torn or is i read that it's feared they believe that he has torn his acl during practice today and he will undergo oh. an mri to confirm it Usually that's not a good sign, everybody. If you've seen the tweets coming from Schefter, you know, feared or believe is usually means that it happened. And uh-huh. it's just a few hours, maybe a little bit more than a few hours away from being confirmed, an MRI away from being confirmed. Unfortunate. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys look good through the first two weeks. Take it away. Are they the best team in the NFL? Without Trevon Diggs. We're just gonna we're gonna roll with that. Without Trevon Diggs now? Do like then I know no. we were both then no, no doubt. I, I know there, we were both saying we like the Niners and the Chiefs, but yeah. what does I this think, do to the Cowboys chances right now? I mean, real contending chances. They looked really good through the first two weeks. I know they had the Jets and the Giants, but mm-hmm. man, this is a Let's tough injury. This is a really tough injury, and to that defense too, which has been 
fantastic throughout the first two games of the season. Before this injury, I I would maybe I was I was gonna say overreaction anyways because I do like the 49ers. I re- honestly I really like the Dolphins too. That's no bias. I just really like what they've been doing. But I think that um the Cowboys defense was far, far better. But now with this injury, it's a hundred percent overreaction. They are not the best team in the NFL. I think they are still top five, but I think uh Eagles, 49ers, Ravens, Dolphins, all are better than um than the Cowboys. But man, this injury is I I, I saw it on my phone and I was like, oh crap, like we're gonna have to talk about this. And then I saw your face when you read it. I knew immediately that what you saw. So Wow. Yeah, amazing. Um, amazing news just dropping right into uh the podcast. Not good news, I should say. No. Bad news, of course. I've been good saying news. that I've been saying the Jets are the 85 Bears, the Cowboys are the 85 Bears. I just want to crown some great defense. Look, Jets definitely aren't. Um, and with this injury, I'm worried about the Cowboys right now because that is just a beast of a guy to have in the defensive backfield, and he's gone now. I will say, though, I don't think that when we made this question prior to the news um, that this was an underreaction. I will say that as much as I've liked the 49ers and I trust them more than I do the Cowboys, there's no team that's looked better through the first two weeks of the season. Outscoring opponents 70 to 10, no matter who you're playing, is a feat in of itself. So I will say much respect to the Cowboys they have some uh they have an uphill battle and some things to figure out. Um it's gonna be how they respond, how they respond to this injury, how the defense plays. It's it's next man up. That's how it is in, in sports. One guy goes down, big guy goes down, next man up. You gotta see what happens. Yeah. Michael Parsons is still on that team too. So can't forget about him. Possible defensive player of the year. Um, overreaction, underreaction. The Bengals are dead. And with the Burrow injury, they aren't Super Bowl contenders, even if he tries to power through. Because there's been reports that he might be sitting out or they might think about sitting him out for the next few weeks for him to try to get on top of this calf injury, you know, to make sure that it doesn't turn into an Achilles injury. What are we thinking about the Bengals? Are they dead? Is it crazy to say that they're dead? This question is loaded because it says the Bengals are dead. That's one question. And then with the Burrow injury, there aren't Super Bowl contenders, even if he tries to power through. If he is injured, they are not Super Bowl contenders. So that is a correct reaction. The Bengals are dead. That's an overreaction. They're not dead. They started off 0-2 last year, and they made the playoffs. They're not dead yet. But if Burrow's injured, then yeah, they're, they're, then they are dead. So, it, well, we know he's injured, but if it's like, something super serious and that he's out for an extended period of time then yeah it's it's over but for right now i think it's a it's an overreaction but we have to see the severity of this injury and if it keeps him out it is i think zach taylor said he did practice today or he was dressed for practice but he is still tbd for the game on monday night against the rams yeah Definitely loaded question. Definitely both go hand in hand with each other. Look, keeping semantics out of it, I do think that Burrow is injured right now. I do think that that calf injury is bothering him. You saw him on the sideline using um, some sort of device to try to really loosen up his calf muscle. 
Um, this could turn into an Achilles injury. You saw this with Kevin Durant, and I know Achilles is on everybody's mind. J.K. Dobbins um, came back from an Achilles towards ACL. Um, the Nick Chubb injury just happened. We just saw Trevon Diggs tear his ACL, or, well, maybe tear his ACL. I don't want to speak in absolutes, but we'll see. And then, obviously, um, Rodgers. So, we've seen a lot of guys go down. Um, and Achilles is well on our mind. So, um, so when we see calf injury, we get worried, or I do at least. I do think that this is not an overreaction. Um, I think that at the end of the day, this Bengals team is starts off 0-2 in their division. Um, you're right. They made the playoffs last year. But I do think that with the Burrow injury, they need him to sit out for the next few weeks for him to get healthy, or I think he will tear his Achilles or there's a very good chance that he does, or he'll be very limited. And I think those are all things that would prevent them from making the playoffs or really truly contending for the Super Bowl if he's at all limited, especially with the 0-2 start. So I think either way, this isn't an overreaction. I think that they need to get their stuff together. Um, but like I said, and like I've been saying, we can't pronounce any team dead until week three when they're 0-3 because when you're 0-3, you don't make the playoffs. All right, overreaction, underreaction. I was going to say one thing. Their their backup quarterback is probably either Will Greer or Jake Browning. But if it's Will Greer, he was a West Virginia guy. You know what they say in West Virginia. Eat, shit, pit. So maybe, that's, uh, maybe that'll be some underlying thing there. Whenever they play Pittsburgh, he'll be saying that all the, all the time. So I always liked – I always liked Will Greer at West Virginia. He was I a beast. Too. I, I thought too. he was going to be better in the NFL. And he made that he had that crazy game for the Cowboys in the last game uh last preseason game. So And it ended him on the Bengals. Good for him. Yeah. And Jake Browning, Washington uh product. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you obviously don't want to see any backup for the Bengals because that team really revolves around Joe Burrow and his confidence and his leadership. But overreaction, underreaction. The Giants are the worst team in the NFC East. Oh, my God. Maybe it's true. No, I think they are. I really do. I think they're the worst team. I think that the um, that the Washington Commanders, I almost said football team, um, I think they're better. I really like what they've done so far. Brian Robinson has been insane for them so far this season. I think, uh, I think this is uh, – a correct reaction. It's not an overreaction. They, they very easily could be the worst team, especially with Saquon not being able to, to play right now and him being hurt. So I think, and they're obviously not better than the Cowboys. They're not better than the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. Underreaction. I don't think it matters. I think um, the Giants are not the worst team, or excuse me, I think they, they could be. Um, I like the way that the commanders are looking. Maybe I'm trying to right all my wrongs, and say that Sam Howell is not as bad. He's not the worst quarterback in the league. He's looked sharp. Commanders have looked good. Um, the Giants just haven't. I mean, I can't give you a ton of credit for beating the Cardinals and coming back down 7-28. to I will say it takes a lot to win in the NFL, but in the context of what happened in week one and where we're going the next few weeks, I just don't really like where the team is looking. And then even with the Trevon Diggs injury, I like the Cowboys still. And I love the Eagles because they made it to the Super Bowl last year and they look good. I didn't think that they would be amazing this year, but I still have them winning the division. 
So then it really just leaves the Giants or the Commanders. And honestly, Commanders get getting Chase Young back. They look good. They look like they're not going to be so bad. And Sam Howell maybe could be their guy. They've had a lot of years here lately where they haven't had a franchise QB or a franchise or a guy who doesn't feel like a franchise QB, and they've stayed above water and they've made the playoffs. So I'm okay with Sam Howell back there, even if he does take a little bit of a step back after the first two weeks. I do think that the Giants are the worst team in the division right now. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, I agree. Last overreaction, underreaction. The Cardinals are not the worst team in the NFL. We've talked a lot of Cardinals football today. A lot of people wanted to pronounce them as the worst team in the NFL. Oh, and 17. Who's Josh Dobbs? Who are these players? Oh my goodness. No weapons. I mean, they have some weapons, but worst team in the NFL or not the worst team in the NFL. No, they're not. I think, uh, I think Carolina might be the worst team. Bryce Young has not been good. I have not been impressed by him whatsoever. What other 0-2 teams do we got? They're not. I still would say the Texans are pretty bad. No, I don't think the Texans. I think if if the Texans and and Carolina played, I think the Texans would win that game. I could see that. I could see that. The the Panthers don't look all that that great. They, I thought that they would uh, maybe surprise some people. I think Bryce Young was would be better than he is right now. But I'd agree. Do you think the Bears would beat them? The Bears beating uh, the Cardinals? That would be a close yes. game. I definitely think that the Bears would, would beat the Cardinals. Um, but, shoot, man, were the Cardinals even favored in any game prior to the season starting? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think that the Cardinals are the worst team in the league. No, I, I don't think so. I think Carolina's worse. Maybe Houston's probably worse also. And you can argue that Chicago, just based on the turmoil that's going on there, I think the the camaraderie that there seems to be in, in Arizona, I think that could help um, them win a, a game against them. But any given Sunday, right? Yeah, exactly. Any given Sunday. Okay, tonight we have a humongous Thursday night game. Maybe not humongous, but it's Thursday night football. Gotta love that. Mm-hmm. Um, on Prime Video tonight, we got the Giants and Niners. Talked about both teams today. We both declared the Giants as the worst team in their division. And I'm putting the mortgage on the Niners this year. So I think we know how I feel. The line is minus 11, favor of the Niners, over under 43 and a half. What catches your eye about tonight's game? That line being 11, that's a lot of points, man. That's, that's a, lot, a of lot of points. Kind of scares me, I'm not going to lie. I almost want to take the Giants to cover. I do too, low-key, just to cover that. But On a Thursday night? Have... Yeah, but it is the San Francisco 49ers' first home game of the season, so there's going to be a lot of festivities and commotion around that. Christian McCaffrey, man, he has been so good so far this year. I mean – Breaking off long touchdown runs. Ayuk has been their number one guy in in the receiving game, but obviously you've still got Debo Samuel. Kittle hasn't even gotten going yet. I think Kittle's going to have a good game tonight. Um, with Saquon being out, I think Daniel Jones is going to have to throw the ball a hell of a lot. And Darren Waller, I think, is going to have a good game. Um, might have 60 yards and a touchdown maybe. But other than that, I don't. I I totally anticipate the San Francisco 49ers winning this game, but I would be skeptical to 
um, have them with with their spread. I think uh, New York would cover. I think it'll be closer. I don't want to say it's close because what are the other two games that the 49ers have played? Oh, well, last week was the one against the Rams. It was a seven-point game, but that was a BS uh, field goal at the end. And then we knew we won. Prior to that, they they massacred the Steelers. Uh Uh-huh. We knew that 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 line was so weird being at minus two for them. Like, that was just weird. 100%. Look, I'd have to agree with you, man. I just don't. I just don't see this from the Giants right now with Saquon Barkley out. Maybe I could see them having some momentum going from the big emotional Cardinals comeback win and saying, hey, we're going to we're going to go in here um, in San Francisco. And we're going to say, look, we're also a good team in this in this uh, conference and in our own division. Um I don't think that's going to happen. Not without Saquon Barkley. This team works too much with him. I said that you needed to pay him in the offseason, that this was the locomotive of this offense. I think we're going to get proven right tonight. I still think that they could cover because it is just a Thursday night game, and 11 is a lot of points to swallow for the Niners, even um, after what they did to uh, the Steelers in week one when we called that game. But even Mm -hmm. then, that was two for some crazy reason. I'll say this. 49ers aren't perfect. They're not just, you know, absolutely amazing. They were, they're not defending Super Bowl champions. So I, I might slow myself down a little bit, but I think that they'll definitely win tonight. Maybe the Giants um, cover. I would probably stay away from that right now. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I think that the, uh, I think the Giants just aren't well enough equipped for tonight. I don't think so either. Obviously, with Saquon being out, they're going to throw the ball a ton. Uh, and, that uh, 49ers defensive line is going to probably sack Daniel Jones at least three times tonight. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not crazy about uh, the Giants winning this game at all. But that line is, is sus. I would probably stay away from it as well, just because anything can happen and they can lose by a touchdown and that would cover. So I would probably stay away from it. I wouldn't be shocked if they, Lost by 20, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they lost by seven. Yeah. The reason I wouldn't be shocked either with both of those is the Niners, without without playing Saquon Barkley, for the Giants, excuse me, um, they know that they still need some, some of the run game. They need it to support Daniel Jones. The offensive line has just been, you know, horrendous the first two weeks. So you're already dealing with Nick Bosa, but you need to know – Hey, we got to be able to get some rush yards on the ground. They've been pretty decent at that still, because obviously Saquon Barkley has been out. But going against the 49ers, they've allowed 65 rush yards over the per, over the first two games um, on average. That is a stout run defense. We knew that this defensive line was amazing. But you're going to have to be able to move the ball on the ground for Daniel Jones. We've seen this. We've seen him just absolutely have an, an implosion if they cannot run the ball um, because at the end of the day, that offensive line isn't going to hold up for so long or for forever. They're not going to give them a ton of time. And the Giants' weapons right now are below average. They have Darren Waller. Congratulations. But that's about it. So I, I'm I'm really worried. I could see the Niners, with, uh, with that being said, blowing them out. But also at the same time, I do think momentum is a real thing in the NFL. And I could see the Giants saying, we, we got a huge win against the Cardinals last week. We could – you know, trotting here and 
and at least make a few plays and make it and make it close on a Thursday night yeah. game. You never know how fresh any specific player is for the Niners. Somebody gonna have an off game. Yeah, I just I don't see if the Giants they're gonna run the ball with Matt Breida, and then Daniel Jones is gonna run the ball a couple of times. So if they can get that going, then hey, they might have a fighting chance. But it's just they're way too outmatched right now without Saquon Barkley. Even with Saquon Barkley, I think they're still outmatched, and it's not even close. So. All right, well, this has been a fun episode of the Streakers podcast with some breaking news. Hopefully, Trevon Diggs is okay, or at least a speedy recovery. Of course, hate to see a player get injured. But a lot of breaking news, a lot of fun, good football talk. Looking forward to baseball coming up. Postseason is right around the corner. My Tampa Bay Rays are chugging along after everything has been thrown at them this season. So hopefully we uh, can go deeper in the playoffs than we did last year. I'm Patrick Previty. That's Mason McLear. We'll be back Sunday morning to preview all of the week three matchups in the NFL. But for now, see you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.